Welcome to the Financing Simplified Podcast with Anthony Venuto. If you're looking for answers to your financial questions, let Anthony and his network of friends and associates answer regular questions that regular people have about their money. Thanks for tuning in. It's time to start simplifying your finances. Once again, welcome back to our Financing Simplified Podcast, where we do our best to help simplify the mortgage and real estate process. And today, we are going to be stepping a little bit out of the real estate mortgage conversation, maybe, uh, as we bring back uh, life coach uh, Rishma. Thanks again, Rishma, for joining us today on this episode. Uh, before you we get into this episode, if you haven't checked out the previous episode, make sure to do so and then come back to this one where you don't want to miss what we're going to be talking about right now. Now, speaking of that, Rishma, I'm going to throw it over to you. Uh, tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Um, my background is actually in medicine. So I spent 20 years in clinical practice helping people make very difficult decisions about life and health and family. Um, and now I've sort of expanded into decision-making and writing a book on intentional decision-making. Awesome. And speaking of decisions, I know there's a lot of individuals out there maybe listening and watching when it comes to not only making financial decisions or real estate decisions, but even life decisions as this market evolves, as finances become uh, you know a big pressure on households, whether it be mortgages or rent, or it doesn't really matter. There's a lot of concerns, you know, with the state of the economy, for example, you know, recession, jobs, uh, you know, food, uh, you know, the higher cost of living. In our industry, we feel it a lot. I mean, because obviously we're tied to the finance, but I feel like sometimes we're getting these calls and clients just need like a vo- like an ear to listen. You know, we become that psychiatrist, that, uh, uh, you know, the, the person that will hopefully help them answer those questions. But, you know, we're not really geared to answer that question. So I guess the question I will pose to you is, you know, well, how would... Um, First of all, someone you'll get a hold of you and why would someone be, you know, looking to reach out to you? Yeah, for sure. This is what I see. I mean, it was in healthcare practice as well, but I saw that it was so much more than just medicine, right? People look at their lives and then they kind of think like, what happened to the last five years of my life? Or, you know, this could be my life, but I don't, I don't really want it to be. Or, um, you know, I, I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to do things. I want to be, I want to live like an epic, interesting, fulfilling, deeply connected life. But I also have a family and pay, people that I have to take care of and responsibilities and a job, right? So how do I do all of this? And this is sort of what I mean by being intentional. It's not just thinking about the decision. It's not just thinking about your life, but it's really understanding how all of those things interplay together. So usually what I describe is there's two ways of thinking about your life. One is reactionary and one is proactive. So even when you think about a decision, it's like, I need to decide this tomorrow and I want it to be intentional and does it align with my values? And so there's this like urgent, immediate type of decision. And then there's also this planned sort of, I kind of know where I want my life to go. These are the things I would need to learn. These are the skills I need to build. These are the relationships I need to um nurture in order to have the kind of life that I want to live. And that's sort of people usually find me in the, I need to make a decision tomorrow place. But where I like to take them is into that place of like, let's look farther ahead and see how you can kind of navigate life's ups and downs and imperfect decisions along the way, but still be satisfied with your life. No, I totally. And, and, you know, speaking of mindsets and changing, I guess, the operating system in our brain, so to speak, um, you know, do a lot of people may functioning when it comes to making decisions I find that sometimes we have to you know reset or relearn 
uh, a way of thought process, right? Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe our parents were very hasty. They made decisions on specific spur of the moment things. Maybe they were all financial. Uh, maybe they were all family-based or maybe there was a hybrid in there. But I think like, how does someone, and I guess this may be a loaded question, but how does someone go about changing that mindset, that processing the procedures that go through their mind? Yeah, it's definitely a bigger question. And I think a really important one. A lot of what I do is helping people sort of, uh, you know, sort of reanalyze their thoughts, retrain their brain to change their thinking, because we grow up with all of these sort of beliefs that already are there from maybe an experience we had in childhood, maybe from our parents, it could have just been something that was more recent, right? You had a bad experience, you went bankrupt, like there could be so many other things that happened. I also find that people have different experiences based on their relationships. So for example, a lot of my clients would be, you know, the, this is a very gendered, uh, biased uh, assumption, but a lot of my women who come in will say things like, you know, I don't know how to speak up or I'm trying to make everybody happy. And then the men will say something different, right? Like, why doesn't she just tell me, you know, I'll just tell you a funny example. My husband and I have this argument all the time where I'll be like, don't you think we should do that? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, it wasn't a question. It was, he's like, well, you phrased it as a question. You know, like we have different ways of thinking, different ways of communicating. And easily I could think, well, he doesn't really want to know what my opinion is. Well, that's not true. It's just that he hears it differently and I say it differently, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to really understand our styles, not just in ourselves, but also in our relationships so that we can, um, I guess, make the decisions that we feel comfortable with in the context of our larger family. And it's interesting you said that. Like, I know that that whole conversation about the phrasing is my wife does the exact same thing, right? <laughs> that wasn't a question, but it was a question. But like, and men, I, I guess it goes back to that old uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. The, the way our brains work, we're more like, I'm just saying this as a, myself, you know, we're more like my wife will say something and I'll be like, here's the answer. I'm like, she's, that's not the answer that I'm looking for. I'm like, Okay, what answer were you expecting, right? And it's about changing that that process, and I think that takes time, but it's also reconfiguring, uh, configuring that. And I think in today's society, the pro the problem that I see, like, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're living in, and we were talking about this off air, uh, was like this whole world that we're living in where it's like social media, instant instant gratification. We expect things uh, resolved and 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 done tomorrow. We're doing so much research and i was having this interesting conversation just talking about decision making you know sometimes people will spend more time thinking about their uber order than about the broker or real estate agent or so on or so on that they're about to select and i always find it interesting because i'm like okay this is to me it's very minute to something very large and more important and and making those decisions are, are really challenging but the in the mindset, like speaking of how we formulate these these decisions and opinions, what advice would we what would you suggest? Like someone to let's say someone's having this this conversation. Let's I'll pose the question directly. Let's say there's a, there's a couple first time home buyers, you know, very novice, you know, someone like yourself who's had this background. You've gone through this several times. You know, how do you, as a couple from two different potential mindsets, sort of try to work together? Like, I know you were talking about communication. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, for sure. I have two thoughts that are relevant to real estate. We can take it beyond that. But I think the the two thoughts are, one, a, a lot of people actually, as humans, we are wired to not like uncertainty. So there is research that shows that we would rather get a shock that incites pain 
knowing we're going to get the shock, then maybe not getting the shock, but not knowing if it's coming or not. Mm. Like we don't like uncertainty. We would rather have the pain than maybe, or maybe not have the pain, but just not be sure about it. You know, people say like, give me the bad news first, right? It's like, we, we don't like uncertainty. We don't like when we don't know what's happening in the future, in our lives, after our decisions. And right now, because of the time and space in this world, we have access to so much information and news, and it's just bombarding. A lot of our mindset is around fear, is around loss, is around pain. And so the uncertainty, our tolerance for uncertainty is, you know, changed, right? A lot of people have a really hard time with it. And I think if you and your partner have different tolerance for uncertainty, that's a problem. Because making a purchase decision or even a sale decision about a, a house, that's a big deal. And if you're not tolerant to uncertainty in the same way, you don't have the same risk profile, that makes a big difference. So one of the things I would do, there's a, another one as well, actually so many things, but um, yeah, one of the things I would do is, is really look at how comfortable you are with uncertainty. And the other thing is, it's not just about this one decision, right? It's your whole life. Like if you're a parent, there's a whole bunch of things that are uncertain. If you have someone who is in your family who has a health condition and you're not sure how that's going to unfold, it might be, you know, something more serious. There's a whole lot of uncertainty. If you have a job that's maybe going through changes, so it piles up. It's like all of a sudden now I might've been okay with some uncertainty with this you know, let's say real estate purchase, but then also now I have an uncertain job and I have, you know, a kid that's sick and I have a parent who is in the hospital, like it just piles up. And so how do we get better at managing that? I mean, then we have to go into anxiety and like all of the other okay. things. Yeah. The whole bag. But I, I think the the point here is just that we need to learn how to manage uncertainty and try to minimize the, in our mindset the risk and talk about that with our partner. So does it help to talk about, like, I think when we bring these things to the forefront, like I know some people will say, well, men are not supposed to cry or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I think if we talk about it, it actually alleviates a lot of these pressures and these anxieties. Um, you know, like knowing, I know people that have anxiety and is that I don't, I don't suffer from it, but I, you learn how to, okay, that's going to be a trigger. That's going to be something that's going to cause this um, to maybe snowball. But I think, as you were saying, we were talking about the communication, about how do you, all these pressures that are happening in the world today, right? And as they mount, um, I know, for example, like with aging parents, the coping mechanisms, right? How we cope with these particular, like some people will turn to some things, some people turn to different vices. Uh, like, is it come down to communication? Because I think being open and having these conversations a lot of people a lot of especially from our background i'll use myself as a time you know men are supposed to be a specific way and you know we don't show those emotions but i think whenever we have those conversations it almost feels like there's a pressure relief valve that opens up and i'm almost able to better cope with those things because i have someone else's input what is you know what what would you say yeah for sure i actually think it comes down to awareness so communication is part of that, but the awareness piece is, I think, really paramount because if you don't know that you're reacting to, you know, the fact that you're scared about your parents, the fact that you have grief that you haven't processed, the fact that you, you know, grew up in a place where you have not enough money and now you're worried about being into that place again, or you don't have security. Like, I feel like the awareness of what is driving those automated sort of reactions, the automated decisions that can help your communication. And I want to caveat that by saying, if you are going to communicate it, which I think is really critical, 
it needs to be in a safe place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to be able to communicate with your partner. That person needs to be able to trust and offer you that safe space where they're not going to just yell back at you. Or maybe you need to see a counselor or maybe you need to have a therapist or something like that. But it needs to be a safe place because you have to be able to communicate those feelings and you have to be able to understand the other person's feelings without taking offense. A lot of it is understanding what, what you're actually afraid of. And what are the messages that you have in your head? Like a lot of people I work with will be scared of something that isn't actually, I'm going to say uh, it's a perceived fear rather than a real fear. So you have to first differentiate. Some of them are real fears and some of them are perceived fears. So we have to under first separate those. And then we also have to understand what's the loss. And I think that's the piece that no one really talks about. If you you know, we have this FOMO, right? Like, oh, what if I bought it before? What if I wait another month? Like, what are we willing to trade? What am I willing to lose in order to move forward on this step? Is this house important enough for me? Am I willing to pay a little more? Am I willing to, like, how how can I manage the loss? And that's the piece that I think is hard. Like if you're debating between two houses and one house has, you know, a great neighborhood, but maybe not the right layout. And the other one has the right layout, not in a great neighborhood. Like, how do you manage that? A lot of the reason people get regret afterwards is because they haven't figured out how to manage the loss of what they thought they could have gotten. You're never going to get a perfect, perfect situation. So understanding what are you afraid of and how do you manage that loss? I think that is a really uh, good place to start. I, I love that because I, I, I just playing on that is the fear aspect. When a client calls you, like what fear, like what keeps you up at night? Right. What are the things that are keeping you awake? Because I know through the process, like I don't have to explain it. Like, you know, a client puts in an offer. I'm like, you're pre-approved. Don't worry. Don't stress. You know, and then 24 hours later, we're saying or 48 hours later, oh, I got your approval. Like, oh, I didn't sleep. I didn't eat. And I'm like, like, why? We told you you were going to be fine. Right. Like, but it's always even when that initial conversation comes up, it's like, what what will keep you up? And what is the things that are holding you back? Uh, from making those decisions. And I think you're right. Like everyone who's worried about the, the, the fear, the perceived fear, right? Like what's the worst that could happen, right? Well, like we have clients that will call us in the, tr the situations and I'm like, so here's all your options. What's, what's the worst thing that could happen in this whole chain of events? Uh, best case, worst case scenario, they say plan for the, was it plan for the best, hope for, or hope for the best, plan for the worst. Um, but you're right. Like as far as, um, a lot of people are worried about things that they don't have control over. Like yeah. I, 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 one, the one thing that I do is I would say I have control over these things. This I have very little control over. So like, yes, I'm going to stress about it, but not really. <laughs> so, but why are they worried? Right? Like there's something underneath all of that, that mm -hmm. needs to be addressed. And I think unless you address the underlying fears, underlying emotions, underlying history, that that piece is not going to be addressed. And every client you work with is going to have something different, right? Like some people are going to feel like they don't have the finances, but they do. Some people legitimately don't have the finances, but they want to move into a better neighborhood. Like there's going to be something about each client. And I think that's where the awareness comes in is they really need to understand what am, what am I willing to do to get what I need, but also what am I willing to lose? What am I willing to give up? What am I willing to trade? That's the piece that I think is is really important in this kind of a big decision. So, Rishma, that was really valuable. I think you're bringing a lot to the table. And I'm hoping if any viewers or uh, listeners out there have any questions, they can reach out to you. And speaking of reaching out to you, how would someone go about reaching out to you? 
Yeah. The best way is on my website, livingxo.com. Feel free to watch my TED talk, or you can download my free guide, five must ask questions before you make a big decision. Awesome. And for us at In Touch Mortgages, you can follow us on social media as well as on our YouTube channel and our website. But once again, Rishma, thank you so much uh, for coming on, taking the time out of your busy day to be with us. Uh, thank you again. And to our viewers and listeners out there, we'll see you next week.